Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast, we hear from 1999 Washita graduate John Barber and 2008 Washita grad Becky Cunningham-Ellis. John and Becky work with Johnny and Friends, an international ministry founded by Johnny Erickson Tata, to share the hope of the gospel and give practical help to people impacted by disability. John and Becky share about what led them to serve with Johnny and Friends, how Washingtonians can get involved in meeting the needs of people living with disabilities, and their favorite Washita memories from tunes to tracks and meeting their spouses at Washita. You can learn more about the work of Johnny and Friends at johnnyandfriends.org. All right. Becky and John, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Hey, John. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes, I'm excited to visit with you both today. Um, I feel like I'm right in the middle. Got uh, John tuning in from uh, Tennessee and you're in Texas, right, Becky? Yes, sir. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Nice. So I feel like we're uh, right down the interstate here, right across the line. But um, (laughs) yeah, glad to visit with both of you today. Uh, John and I were in school together. I think John um, might have pledged me in some uh, Kappa activity. It was all good things, I promise. I did <laughs> no hazing on my watch. No, no Dean Dixon visits uh, during <laughs> during our time there. And then, Becky, you graduated in 2008, right? Yes, I did. 2008. Feels like just yesterday. <laughs> um, I know you guys are both working for Johnny and Friends, this organization that um, I've known about for quite a while when I worked for Sweet Sleep, a nonprofit that, you know, build beds for orphans overseas, um, worked in some special needs orphanages over there and would exhibit at Youth Specialties Conference or Children's Pastors Conference and run into y'all. Uh, so excited to visit with you guys today. John, tell us briefly um, Johnny's story for some that might not be familiar and how the organization kind of got started. Yeah, well, uh, I think it was 1967 when uh, Johnny Erickson uh, took a dive into the Chesapeake Bay and had an accident and became a quadriplegic. And uh, she, instead of becoming despondent, even though she was for a while, even thought about taking her own life, God changed her and changed her heart. And she became the the sort of world spokesperson for ministering to people with disabilities. And so uh, she wrote a book called Johnny that became a national bestseller. She was on the Today Show. They made a movie about her, uh, which is great. And then about 10 years later, she started this organization called Johnny and Friends. And Johnny and Friends has been ministering to people living with disabilities ever since. And we've got offices in about 20 states and all over the world. Um, And I'm fortunate to be the director of the Tennessee office. Becky's over the Texas office or the Dallas office. Okay. What, what are the kind of things that you do in these different offices? What, what is the vision behind having kind of spots around the country and around the world there? Sure. So um, the mission of Johnny and Friends is to glorify God and mobilize the church so that our church uh, is accepting uh, and walking with these families living with disabilities on a day-to-day basis. We see that a lot of churches will turn away families living with disabilities simply because they don't know how to handle, you know, perhaps their son with autism and, and has behavioral 
um, needs that are more than they're equipped. And so uh, Johnny and Friends, we have networks of churches uh, around our state um, equipping leaders to uh, work with each other so that we're advancing disability ministry. We also have some legacy programs. So uh, our family retreat serves the entire family touched by special needs. A lot of the times mom and dad and caregiver and siblings are just as impacted by the disability as the individual. And then there's a whole international program to what we do. And so the area offices uh, work with our in-country partners to help advance ministry as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, I love uh, you know seeing how churches uh, minister differently to families with, with disabilities. I know that when I was a children's pastor, we wanted to start and be ready for that. So we had, you know, kind of buddy people lined up that were really gifted in that area and just kind of waited for God to bring families to us. And I can remember the day that first family showed up and I sent somebody running into the movie theater to grab, you know, our, our young adult that was passionate about working with kids with special needs to run out and be, you know, with that family. And so I'm uh, just really excited about what y'all are doing and uh, that it's been going around, going on for quite a while, but you can resource churches even today. Um, so how did each of you hear about Johnny and Friends? What drew you to your career there? Um, Becky, I'll start with you since you've been there quite a while. It seems like volunteering and then on your on your staff role there. So tell us about how you heard about it and uh, what drew you there for your career. Yeah. So I don't have disability in my family. But my mom's best friend has a son with Down syndrome who's a year younger than me. We grew up together. They told us about these family retreats. So back in 1999, uh, my mom took me as a thriving middle schooler uh, to volunteer. And it was that summer that our lives were changed. And we really uh, felt called to continue serving with Johnny and friends. And so we went back and served every summer at family retreat. Um, This summer marked my 22nd year going to family retreat. Um, But then in 2012, Johnny and Friends approached me with a job opportunity. And uh, it's, uh, it was one that I prayed about real, real long and hard. You know, it was like, let me pray about that. Yes. (laughs) And um, so I have been serving uh, 10 years on staff now, and it's been incredible to learn more about the, just the depth of the ministry, because as a volunteer, all I knew about was family retreat. And, um, so it's been incredible to see how Johnny and friends serves in so many ways to advance disability ministry. Wonderful. Are there these retreats in various places across the country or are they kind of in your area? Uh, where are these held? Yeah, they are. We, um, gosh, I think there's, 32, John, you may correct me, um, different family retreats. So, that sounds right. Um, yep. Yeah, about 32. The There's one in Texas. So it's actually down closer to College Station, um, but we're all over. We are in Pennsylvania and Oregon and all across the, the country. Wonderful. Um, John, tell me about how you heard about Johnny and Friends and kind of what drew you to the organization. Yeah. So, um, we have a, a son with autism. So uh, he's 22 now. And so we've kind of grown up. I tell the story all the time. Like when, when I was interviewed for Johnny and friends, they asked me, uh, what's your disability history? And I didn't even mention Sam because for us, there's just our normal 
day-to-day stuff. It doesn't even occur, didn't even occur to me that, oh yeah, I have this history with disability because we have a son with autism. Well, that's just, it's just our every day. And so uh, that's, it's, it's kind of helped me see how these families, this is just their normal lives. They're not, this is what they deal with every day. And so that was my big connection to Johnny and Friends was I, I'm able to see, boy, these are all the things that we missed out on, things, advantages we didn't have. Um, we didn't know about Johnny and Friends family retreats. We certainly didn't know about things like a marriage getaway where parents who have children uh, with special needs can get away for the weekend and, and just be alone and um, relax. And so it's been really great for my wife and I to see, oh, this is a way we can serve this community. Things we, we didn't know existed. We didn't know we're out there. We can provide. So it's been wonderful. And so this is my one year anniversary was last week. So I've been on staff for, for one year exactly now. Nice. Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of folks probably don't think about themselves as, you know, having disability history in their family if they're just, yeah, living it day to day. And there's such a wide spectrum of, of disability too. So um, I guess Johnny and Friends, you know, helps churches and organizations minister to kind of folks all across the spectrum all, with all different disabilities. Yeah. And in fact, like one of our newest programs, that's pretty cool is we do a thing called warrior getaway where we take uh, veterans with visible or invisible injuries due to war. And we take them and their family to like, for us, it's like this beautiful part of Tennessee where we can pour into them and we can teach them about what it means to grow through the trauma that you've been through. And uh, just as a family, how do you grow together uh, in the middle of all that stuff. So even, even things like that, that people might not even think of as, as disability ministry, uh, Johnny and friends touches. Yeah, that's great. I mean, so many different ways that you can reach people. And, uh, I think I was talking to, um, somebody here on campus that's been doing some research about, uh, ministering to those with disabilities. And she mentioned that, um, uh, families with disabilities are one of the largest unreached kind of populations of people. Um, so what a blessing to get to, to minister to those families, you know, military families might not have even, you know, been uh, aware that they needed that kind of support. So um, what a blessing for those families for sure. Um, Becky, what do you enjoy most about your work with Johnny and friends? You've been there quite a while, but what do you enjoy the most? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, Spreadsheets. She enjoys spreadsheets the most. (laughs) Excel. Um, I do enjoy a good Excel spreadsheet, but um, it's truly our outreaches. And every time I return from an outreach, it's like, no, 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 this one was my favorite. No, 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 no. This one was my favorite. Um, And I really cannot pick one because they each have their own unique ways of ministering to our volunteers you know, obviously we're ministering to those we serve, but, um, gosh, just the things that you learn about God and about yourself, um, and just how he created us all unique and how really the body of Christ is not complete until those living with disabilities are, are also serving, uh, within the church and within community. Um, and so I don't know if I had to pick one, It might be our wheels for the world um, outreaches overseas. Yeah, that's great. John, what about you? What do you enjoy the most about your work there? Oh, man, it's tough because I've just been at it a year, so it's hard to decide. But like Becky said, I mean, I got to go on a wheels for the world trip to Guatemala in May. And on those trips, we we take wheelchairs that have been donated and have been refurbished to like new condition. And we're able to 
along with a team that we take of physical therapists, occupational therapists, and mechanics, we're able to fit those chairs to individuals. So these are folks that have never had chairs before in their lives, or they've had ill-fitting chairs. We're able to fit them to them perfectly. And that's a real blessing to see this really like uh, physical material way that we can serve somebody. Um, But my favorite, I'll just tell you a quick story. My favorite moment of the whole year, hands down, was at our family retreat this year where um, you can probably imagine kind of what the week is like where we do worship services during the day. And on our last day, uh, our worship leader, her name's Charity, she invited everybody that wanted to, to lead to come down front. And so at that moment, all of our friends, and we didn't know Charity was going to do this, all a bunch of our friends with disabilities came down front to the stage and piled on the stage and Charity handed the mic over. And I don't mean like she held the microphone in front of each person for a couple seconds. She just gave them the mic. And for the next 10 minutes or so, uh, they sang and they led us in worship. And some of them without being able to speak, like one guy, his name is Bruce uh, in his mid forties, pretty severe cerebral palsy. They held the mic in front of him and he can't speak in any way that we would understand, but he can vocalize his worship. And he was leading us in this incredible time of worship. And at that moment, like the overwhelming feeling in the room was, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Like this, this is it manifest in this room right now. And so moments like that, like they just, for, for all of the, I was teasing Becky about spreadsheets, but like for all of that kind of work that we have to do moments like that, just make all of it worth every second. Yeah, I know there's probably lots of, you know, management and fundraising and all different kinds of things you're working with uh, sure. nonprofit, but those are the moments for sure that, um, that make it worthwhile. I love that. Yeah. Uh, what are some current projects you're working on? Um, yeah, are, are, do you just kind of work on all of them throughout the year at the same time? Or is there something like right now you're focusing on a certain area of your work? What are you guys working on today? Well, I've got a team leaving to go to Guatemala on Saturday. Okay. So that's the talk around the office today. So we're sending a wheels trip to Guatemala on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going on this one, but but they leave on Saturday. And then uh, it's, a, it's a lot of year-end making the books work kind of stuff. Like you mentioned fundraising and, and dealing with those kinds of things. We had a, last week was our big director's dinner. Um, and so th- those sorts of things towards the end of the year. Yeah, we just had a, routine, a team return from Rio uh, on Saturday. Uh, where we had a Wheels for the World distribution. And um, we also opened up our registration for family retreat. So we're planning for 2022. Um, but then, yeah, lots of year-end <laughs> items as well. Yeah, is there any idea how many wheelchairs have been given out along the years? Is there any kind of idea of that? Yes. Actually, this year, this summer, we distributed our 200,000th wheelchair in El Salvador. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Wonderful. Yep. Um, if a church wanted to start a ministry to disabilities, maybe has no background at all in, in that. And like you said, some of them are probably just nervous, you know, we could never do that. We're not trained to do that. Um, how would a church get started? How could they be ready to welcome families or reach out to families in need? Yeah. I, well, what I always tell churches is that you start with what you have. Sometimes uh, particularly pastors can get like uh, 
uh, worried that am I going to have to add a staff person? Am I going to have to build a building? Am I going to have to spend a whole lot of money? And the truth is you, you start with who you have. And usually that's one person who wants to be a buddy. It's like you were talking about a minute ago, mm-hmm. John, somebody who was passionate about seeing it happen. And that, and that's how you start is just with a, a small buddy ministry ready to welcome folks who come in. And this, fortunately, this is where Johnny and friends comes into play because we have resources to help churches uh, in whatever stage they're at, whether that's, we just, we don't know what we don't know, or we want to take the next step and we want to have a sensory room and we want to do all these other things. Johnny and friends, wherever, wherever you are in the country, we can help you uh, from that starting place to develop uh, your, your disability ministry. Yeah. Beck, any other thoughts on that? Yeah. I was going to say, um, if you go to our website, johnnyandfriends.org, we have some incredible videos. They're like two to three minutes and they really address kind of main, I don't know about issues, but main areas that a church might be, um, looking at. So if it's, how do I start one, you know, from scratch, you go from looking outside of the building, you know, is there a ramp to even get inside your door? Are are they welcome from square one into the building? And so we address just simple issues like that um, in order for churches to start, maintain, or grow their disability ministry. Yeah. I think, you know, we just, in that church in a movie theater had a, a buddy that basically just you know, kind of went to them, went with them to all of the programs that we already offered. But um, it seems like a lot of you know, churches have variations between kind of working with kids and, and families in the situation that's currently there or having separate rooms and separate, you know, separate areas for them to be in. Um, what kind of things have you seen out there for at churches? What kind of um, facilities or programs do you see out there that churches are offering? I was going to say, I recently uh, went to a church um, that had a grand opening for their special needs wing. Uh, and so, you know, through a grant and through money, they were really able to develop, um, an area that was inclusive within the children's ministry, but that was also, um, addressing needs that, that made, um, those classrooms adaptable, um, to their children. Yeah. But I, I like, I don't want churches to be uh, to feel intimidated and go, we got to have a wing. Right. And so, because that's not the case. So I have a, I have a niece who has a genetic condition called Phelan McDermott syndrome anyway. And uh, she, uh, is nonverbal and some other things. And when my sister-in-law takes her to a church on Sunday mornings, inevitably she hears, um, Oh, sorry, we don't have anything for, for Piper Mm. or, and this is worse. Uh, she can come back with the kids, but you have to come back with her. Mm. Right. And so the answer is it, it's wonderful when we have a church that has the resources to pour into something like that. But the answer is if you can be ready to welcome that family, if you know the answer to the question of uh, how can we love that family when they walk through the door, that's disability ministry. That's, that's the starting place. Um, and so for every church we have, we've got a great church in Brentwood, Tennessee, for instance, that's in the process of building a building for special needs ministry. For every one of those, there's a thousand churches that operate on a much smaller scale. Um, and it's wonderful ministry. Yeah, I think that's Brentwood Baptist that you're talking about. Yeah, it's Brentwood Baptist. We're good friends. They're good friends of ours. Yes, I was on staff there. My first uh, ministry. Oh, no way. 
Yeah, I was one of the associate children's minister there. And at the time, we didn't have, you know, much special needs ministry there, except for the huge deaf church there that reached that population. But um, was so excited to see the groundbreaking for that Rowan Glenn Center. It's going to be amazing. And even I think the pictures they've got out there now are pictures of the current, I mean, the facility they have, you know, without building the new wing. It just... Uh, how they adapted that space was really fascinating to me. So I can't wait to get back there and visit my friends there and see the the new space when it's up and running. So um, how can those listening today, your Washtenaw family out there, get involved in the work at Johnny and Friends? What, what are some options for folks who might hear what you're saying today and say, I'm passionate about that. I want to get involved. How can they do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, we thrive on volunteers. And so uh, in the summer, there's a variety of locations and in, in, uh, uh, in different states for our family retreats. So um, they can always go on our website to see the location and the date to volunteer. And if you don't have any disability experience, that is okay because we do an extensive training a day before the families arrive. So you can come with zero experience and then you will leave um, trained and ready to go. Uh, and then we also have the opportunities overseas. So if international um, just has a real tug on your heart, um, there are there are ample opportunities through our Wheels for the World. We also do international family retreats as well. So it's a, a very similar format, but um, our in-country partners are, are helping to run those um, as well. Um, we have a prayer really sustains our ministry. And so you can always help through um, connecting with your local office um, and joining their prayer team. Um, and you can always give financially online as well. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I would add is work in your church, in the mm-hmm. church where you go. If you go, boy, I, I don't know that we're doing anything. Well, be the, be the champion in your church. Go to, go to your pastor, go to your uh, children's director, go to whoever it is and say, how can, we, how can we start this in our church? And oh, by the way, I have a great resource. It's called Johnny and Friends. <laughs> and then call us. And uh, whichever office is closest, we'll, <laughs> we'll help you out. We've got them all over the country. So we'll cover you somehow. I love it. That's awesome. I know that uh, you know our Washtenaw folks are always looking for a way to get involved and to make a difference. And so um, I'll put some links in the show notes to you. Uh, websites. And um, I watched one of uh, Johnny's messages at DTS today and just some fantastic uh, stuff there. Some footage that I think people would really uh, benefit from hearing. So we'll put some links in there too, for some of her messages as well. Um, You know, I know you've both worked in kind of various ministries and nonprofits. How has Washtop prepared you for your work in those different areas and maybe for your work at Johnny and Friends? That's a great question. And I I think about, um, the people that I met when I was there. So I was an English major, go figure, <laughs> started out in the religion department with Dr. Duvall and all those guys and prof, and then uh, transferred over to the English department. And I just really learned, I think, to be compassionate. I was a dumb college student um, who was full of himself and mostly interested in, you know, meeting girls. But I, the, the faculty and the staff, I think, just taught me to be compassionate. I think about, and John, you'll remember this, Uh, when the tornadoes came through Arkadelphia and just tore it apart. And I just remember what it was like to watch God's people in action, um, loving on their community. And, and I saw it, you know, in action firsthand. 
uh, at, at OBU. And so I'm forever grateful for the people that I met and for the people I still know uh, there at the school. Awesome. Becky, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with you, John. Um, I would definitely say the relationships. I think the size of the school and the size of the classes really, um, there was always just a relationship with those in your class, with your professors. Um, and Johnny and Friends is such a relational ministry. And so it's almost like an expectation that I had um, just to continue working, um, you know, those four years at Washtaw and I, I played volleyball. And so was, was really involved in the sports side uh, at Washtaw, but um, there was just such support and connection. It was really, really easy to get involved. Um, and that's what we do here at Johnny and Friends is just getting others involved in community. I love that. You know, as, as you think back on your time at Washtenaw and your your experience here, uh, we have a, a portion of the podcast we call Fast Fay Fives, just to kind of hear a little bit of your story and uh, uh, your time about at Washtenaw. Um, do either of you have a favorite professor, somebody that really stands out to you, somebody that uh, made an impact on your life? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was is Johnny and Susan Wink, and I know Susan passed away a, a little while ago, but. They're in the English department, Johnny, and I'm still in contact with, with Dr. Wink on a regular basis. Um, I can't say enough. And, and not just not just Johnny, but also the Sondheims and Dr. Curlin and that whole English staff, English department staff. Uh, that's where my wife and I met. We got in trouble for passing notes during Susan Wink's class. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they that that part of, of OBU really uh, was impactful for us, for sure. I, for me, I'd say um, Dr. White and Dr. Pemberton. I was able to go on the, um, gosh, I forget what the class was called. It was the art history study abroad for three weeks. The, um, the so European study tour? The European study tour. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was incredible. So that was favorite memory for sure. Very nice. Yeah. I was able to go on that trip, you know, a few years before you, but you know, John, a little older, but yeah, yeah it's a, a pretty amazing trip for sure. Um, was there a favorite class you took either, you know, one of your major classes or one of the core classes, something that you really enjoyed? So people think I'm an alien when I say this, but um, my favorite class at OBU buckle up was advanced grammar. Ooh. So in the English department with Dr. Wink, uh, I loved that class. I, I can't even really tell you why, but I had so much fun uh, with Susan Wink in advanced grammar. Go figure. All my English classes could fit in. I had a great time because my minor was mass comm. So great time with Dr. Root and and I was on photo staff. And so I spent a lot of time in the dark room, that kind of stuff too. But um, yeah, go figure. Advanced grammar. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you were an English major, but I knew we were in some of those mass comm classes together because yeah. you know, I started as music and then thought, how do I get out of here in four years and uh, found mass comm? It was a blessing. But yeah, I was working on the yearbook side while you were developing all yep. those photos back then. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Uh, Becky, favorite class from you? Gosh, I mean, besides the study abroad trip, um, I mean, wouldn't it be like tennis or badminton? <laughs> I took racquetball twice, twice from Coach Benson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I laugh at the students now. They have cl- classes like canoeing and rafting and all of this kind of stuff. You know, we had badminton and bowling. You know, it was like the- I took bowl- bowling and racquetball. Yeah. 
<laughs> I took badminton twice. I was really terrible at it, but you know. <laughs> um, Becky, do you have a favorite spot on campus? Is there a place that is just like you come back to campus? It's your favorite place. It's going to have to be the steps of the cafeteria. Um, my now husband and I met there day one, freshman year. And so I will never forget those steps. Day one. That is, that is early on. That's amazing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were you both freshmen? We were both freshmen. We were both there early for two a days. He played soccer uh, and Mm -hmm. I was volleyball. And so uh, someone actually told us to meet before we went to school and so when we met, it was like, oh, you're that person. Uh, and then from there, the magic happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. John, what about you? Favorite spot on campus? Yeah, so I have two, but I don't know. I don't think either one of them exists anymore. So one was the dark room, which has now been replaced by a bunch of IMAX with Photoshop, I think. But <laughs> I spent long, long hours uh, at night in the dark room uh, developing and printing pictures. And then the other one is in the English department, there was a room uh, that we affectionately called the pretty room, or sometimes you hear it called the bug truck Uh and uh, lots and lots of classes in that room. That's the room where Jana and I got in trouble for, for uh, passing notes. That's the room where Johnny Wink and I would play this really ridiculous game called baby free throws involving a Nerf ball and a, and a hoop and uh, graded lots of papers and, wrote lots of stories in that, that part of the campus. And so, yeah, I, I loved, love those places. Yeah. We joke about, um, you know, our, our budgets at Washtenaw, you know, that haven't changed in, you know, 30 years, <laughs> but the communications budget still has a line for darkroom supplies. And so if they're ever looking for a, a place to find money, they're like, we'll pull that from darkroom supplies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <give> budget. <laughs> the next time I write a check to OBU, I'm going to put on the note line for darkroom supplies. There so you, you go. You can fill that, that part of the budget. I love that. Um, now I know both of you were in, in social clubs, correct? Becky, were you, you were in a club, right? Chi Delta. Is that right? Yes. All right. And John was a Kappa with me. Were you both able to do tunes? Were you able to do that uh, even though you were doing volleyball? I feel like I stepped in like one or two shows, but it was not something I was really able to participate in. Do you have a favorite tune show, either of you, with something that uh, you love, a show that you really enjoyed? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did it twice. I was a caveman and a scarecrow. (laughs) And that, that caveman show was epic. Like, it's so cool that you can go back and watch those on YouTube now. Yeah. Um, it's, if you go and look for me, it's hard to find cause I look completely different than I did back then, <laughs> but yeah, they were so much fun. I, I loved, I love tunes. You need to send that video to Johnny so she can see you in action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think back to that year and I think, man, those costumes probably really smelled bad. Cause I don't think you could, you know, wash those. The caveman costumes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they were pretty gross. <laughs> they were you in the Scarecrow show with me? I didn't get to do a show because back then uh, OSF, you know, you couldn't do two. Right, 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 right. Um, so yeah, you know, Deb, yeah, you can. Deb Root drafted me early, you know, to be the student director of Tunes. So I directed the show on the OSF side in '99. Ah, so, all '99. So fun stuff. Yeah, Becky, any any favorite shows? The couple that you hopped in. Uh, you know, actually one that always sticks out. So my sister is a, uh, Washtenaw alum okay. and, uh, she graduated eight years before me. 
So I remember going to visit her and going to a show and one of the clubs were lobsters and I couldn't yeah. even tell you who it was, but I just remember loving the lobster show. Yeah. That was the S's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> S lobsters for the seafood lover in you was their big, there one. you go. I'm sure it was funny. <laughs> if it was the S's, I'm sure it was, was funny. Hilarious. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good show. Yeah. I think yeah. that was, that might've been the show that I was a student director for, for OSF because I graduated yeah. in 2000. So probably okay. around the time that your that your sister was there awesome um well I, you were actually a, a tiger track star though right <clears throat> yes first place in tiger tracks thank you thank you for mentioning that yeah i saw that that picture of your winning team very nice <laughs> john did you ever do tracks uh no because i was taking pictures oh, so yeah. i was i was always the one getting mud on the camera <laughs> Um, while all of the athletes were doing that, I was, I uh, was taking pictures so, so that they, they could show up in the paper and the yearbook. Yeah. That was one of the good things about being an OSF too. You didn't have to always be in the mud, but, um, you know, we tried to do, uh, tracks in the fall last year because people didn't have much to do because of COVID. So we tried to do mm-hmm. everything outdoor and we tried to do mud in like October and it was freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> Miserable. Yeah. So they decided That's the first, great. the first teams got in there for, I think for volleyball and decided it was too cold. They'd rock, paper, scissors to see who won instead. And then the <laughs> next group got in and wanted to do that. And we're like, we're calling it like, there's no mud today. It's too cold. That's, <laughs> That's hilarious. Kind of there. Uh, any other favorite memories or two from your time uh, here? I guess, you know, Becky had a pretty good one there meeting your husband on the steps there. In the sure cafe. Any other, any other standout memories to you, Becky? You know, volleyball. I mean, I lived in, that gym and God, we had such great support. Um, I do remember it was either right before like a conference match or maybe before we played Henderson, but the swim team would always come in during our practice dripping wet and they would run circles around the volleyball court and like do a cheer for us (laughs) every year before that, uh, before that big match, whichever it was. I don't know if they still do that, but that is definitely ingrained. Deep, deep in the memory. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. John? Uh, uh, most of my favorite memories involve like getting around the rules. I probably shouldn't tell them on this <laughs> podcast. Um, I, you know, we, I, when I started in 95, I was in Daniel North, which is gone now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in Daniel North. And um, then after we got married, we moved over to the Lancelot apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of my favorite memories are, you know, late nights on campus playing sardines or making like runs to, to Taco Bell at two in the morning or, you know, it's that it's college stuff, yeah. right? The stuff that we all, back then there wasn't a 24 hour Walmart in town. So you had to drive to Benton if you wanted to go to the 24 hour super Walmart, right? That's what we did for fun back then. Um so it's it's stuff like that, you know, and then like Becky, I mean, I met my wife at, at Washita. So, uh, you know, what better memory can you have than than uh, finding your wife? Of, we've been married for 24 years now. So doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. You know, I met Emily in the tornado. So, you know, the tornado hit her house in Arkadelphia. That's how we know. Yeah. I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah. She had a tree through her house and I volunteered with that first tiger serve day and served chili Mac on the red cross truck. And that's how we met. Amazing. And then she came to Washington in the fall. So that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that story. 
Yeah, I was decked out in all Abercrombie. She was very impressed with my yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> dashing good looks on the food truck there. But <laughs> so, y'all, this has been fun to catch up today. Is there anything else you'd like to say to your Washtaw family out there listening today? Man, I just, you know, Washtaw is such a big part of our lives. And um, we both, my wife and I both went there and we're so grateful to the administration and the staff and the faculty for just the not just the impact on us, but the impact on the world that Washita has. And so if you're listening to this, I just want to say um, Washita is important. It matters. And you have an opportunity to make a difference in your church and in your communities. And uh, you have an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of people who are living with disabilities. So if there's any way you can speak to the people at your church, or if you have questions about disability ministry, please let us know. Adjoining friends. Definitely. Becky, any, any last thoughts today? Yeah, I echo those words. We're just grateful to be, to be here and to spread the word. Um, and if I can, if I can give one pointer to alum with family or, or to current Washtaw students, it's just get involved, you know, get your hands into community, loving others, serving others. There's such a need nowadays. Um, and if, if it's Johnny and friends, great call us. We'd love to get you connected, um, but get involved and serve others when you can. Awesome. Well, John and Becky, thank you so much for taking time. I know it's a busy time for you guys towards the end of the year here, but just know that your Washtenaw family is incredibly proud of you. I'm proud to know both of you and just the difference that you're able to make through Johnny and friends. And, uh, just thankful that God continues to use Johnny and her ministry and to use you through that. And um, what a testimony that she has and that you're able to have through this ministry. So uh, know that you guys are loved and prayed for and uh, just appreciated. And we're, we're really, really proud of the work that you're doing. So thanks again for hopping on today. Good deal. Thanks, John. Awesome. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.